like the Lord gave me something during worship that I, I want to start out with. And um, last week we had started talking about the name of God and just that, that phrase. And um, we're going we're gonna to look into the names of God, uh, but maybe not extensively, but maybe so. I don't know. There was 52 weeks in a year. I don't know how many names he has, but, you know. So, um, but I wanted to, I want to set this up a little bit. <clears throat> I, and, and sorry, I do not have a slide because I got it during worship. And so, and I'm not that, well, never mind. <laughs> Genesis 16. It's about the birth of Ishmael. Genesis chapter 16. And um, it's a story of, of uh, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. Genesis 16. So basically, what's happened here is Sarah realizes she can't get pregnant, and there's this uh, word over them about uh, uh, their descendants and that sort of thing. And so she thinks, well, you know, maybe since I can't get pregnant, maybe uh, if I give you my handmaiden, Hagar, then the Lord will give us children through her. And, uh, and he did. And, uh, but uh, Hagar kind of got an attitude when she got pregnant, and so Sarah was pretty mean to her and just basically kicked her out. So in verse 7, says that the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to shore. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? Great question. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears, for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Now, the uh, let's just keep going. Verse 13. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? And so the, the, the point that I'm wanting to make is that Hagar changed the way she referred to the Lord based on an interaction or an experience. And can I tell you that based on our experience with the Lord, we will change the way that we refer to him. If we have a positive experience, we'll change the way that we refer to him. If we have a negative experience, we'll change the way that we refer to him. There are certain things about him that we won't lean into if we've had a negative experience. And that's just, most of this is just, you know, it's just humanity. It's just, it's just you know, part of who we are and the makeup of who we are. What I believe that the Lord is wanting to set up for us is several things, but one of them is, as we begin to get into looking into his names, his names are actually, uh, uh, it's, it's, they're also, it's, it's, his names are also not just a, a name, but it's an attribute of who he is. And in this 
attribute of who he is. There's an invitation for us to interact with him based on his name. So, um, so Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would... I ask, Lord, for the uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, wisdom and revelation, Lord, that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, Lord, for those of us who... Um, maybe have had a different interaction with you based on a negative experience. You're so patient. You're so kind. You're, 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 you're so gentle. Uh, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can do in bringing uh, those of us back around full circle to where we're able to place our hope in you again? In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles... Uh, Turn to Matthew 6, turn to Judges chapter 13 first, and put your finger there, and then we'll go to Matthew 6. We're going to go to Matthew 6. We looked at this last week. I think last week I preached the, it was the quickest message I've ever, which was great. M- many of you came back and said, that was the best message, Jeff, you've ever preached in your life. I said, oh, yeah. no, you didn't do that. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 6. Jesus, his, his disciples has asked him, hey, would you teach us how to pray? John the Baptist's uh, disciples, they taught him how to pray, or, or, or he taught them how to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus said, okay. And uh, he says, well, I'll tell you what you, know, you don't do. Don't pray like a lot of words. That's what the Gentiles do. That's the verse before this. He said, but if you're going to pray, is, or, am I on? Yeah. Is, is that on? Two nuns walk in the bar, and, and I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Jesus says, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Most of us can, can quote this. It's, it's the Lord's Prayer. And uh, one day, I was saying this last week. One day I was reading through Scripture. You know, just reading my my. my, my uh, my whatever I was supposed to read, and it was coming across this, came across this verse, and was really tracking with it. Our Father who art in he- who, who is in heaven, uh, hallowed be your name. And I remember thinking, ah, oh, I wonder what his name is. Like I don't like, like what is his name? Is it is it Father? Is it? And I was like, oh wow, what is his name? And so, <clears throat> so we're going to attempt to begin to look at his name because it's more than just a name. It's more than just, you know, Jeff. It's more than just, you know, I'm not, I'm not God, but it, it's more than just a name. Okay. So Judges 13, Judges chapter 13, verse one. This is a great story. Parents, this is a great story to read to your kids. I wish I could read past this because it's such a cool thing that the Lord does. But Judges 13.1 says, Now there was a man from Zorah whose name was Manoah. It's like a rat. It's just a rat. And his wife was barren and had no children. Sorry. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said to her, now we stop right there. The angel of the Lord here, anytime you see the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord is different from an angel of the Lord or a angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is always referring, in the Old Testament, is referring to deity. So 
this angel of the Lord, the, the angel of the Lord is the visible Lord God of the Old Testament as Jesus Christ is the visible Lord God of the New Testament. Cool thing here, the angel of the Lord does not appear after Christ came in human form. So there's a good chance this is the pre-incarnate Christ. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you will conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall uh, come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman told her husband, a man of God, see the capital M, a man of God came to me and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from and he did not tell me his name. He said, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. The child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the story proceeds. The woman goes, gets her husband, brings back Manoah. He says to the angel of the Lord, are you the one that spoke to my wife? He said, yes, I am. He said, would you give us instructions about, th this is an incredible prophecy about our child. Would you tell us how to raise this child? He said, oh, just do what I told, make sure she does what I told her, which is you know, don't cut his hair and don't eat raisins and this sort of stuff. And then, so, so Manoah is kind of beside himself. So he's like, would you let us um, detain you? Like, could you stay with us a little bit longer? Can I go fix you? I want to fix you a meal. Like, would you stay for a meal? It's like, how many people know that if an angel came to your house, showed up full blown like this, you try to get him to stay as long as you could, right? Want some coffee, tea, cappuccino? I'll go get one. We don't have anyone in, but anyway, so... And the angel said, the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. So basically he's saying, hey, I'm not going to eat this food that you're going to, this goat that you're wanting to slaughter for me. I'm not going to eat it. But if you want to offer it as an offering to the Lord, make sure you offer it to, you know, make sure you offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, look at this. What is your name? that when your words come to pass, we may, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? Now, another translation says it is incomprehensible. In the New Living Translation, it's too wonderful for you to understand. Why would you ask my name? It's too wonderful for you to understand. It's like, what? Is this a condescending? Oh, no. My name is immense. So Jesus said, when you are praying, you pray to the Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, set apart. It's in a completely different class. It says, may your name be kept holy. Some of your translations say, may your name be kept holy. Completely. Not that we would... It's, a diff it's in a different category by itself. 
to, to, to be holy, when, when, when God told Moses, uh, Moses, uh, the children of Israel, they ran out of water again, second time, the first time Moses struck the rock, water came out, the second time the Lord said, just speak to the rock. And Moses looked like he had a temper tantrum and just grabbed his, his, the, the staff and just wham, and hit the rock again. And the Lord comes up to him and said, hey, because you didn't believe me, nor treat me as holy, you can't lead these people. I was like, whoa. I always thought it's because he, he had a temper tantrum. It's like, whatever you do, don't pop off in front of God because he will, <laughs> he will nuke you. And it wasn't that at all. It's like, no, you didn't believe me. You didn't believe that the water was going to come out when you spoke to it. And the reason you didn't believe it is because you didn't treat me as holy. This whole thing about being holy, you need to understand this whole thing about being holy. God is in a completely different category than anybody, anything, anything that you can touch, see, smell, or he's in a completely different category. God is in a category all by himself where the only ones that are in this category are the uncreated ones. So from the archangel to the lowliest insect, they all have one thing in common. They are all created, but God is uncreated. And the only way to classify this type of entity is holy. Holy, just holy, holy, holy. So the Lord is saying this name is to be kept holy. So, oh, here's a... Just a lot, I'm, I'm geeking out on this because there's something about when I read this, I'm like, oh, I need to see a different translation. The message says, it's sheer wonder. Why would you ask my name? It's sheer wonder. It's like, huh. There must be an experience behind this name that I am to encounter that I have not encountered yet because I don't see his name as being any of these. And yet, this is the invitation that I feel like that he's drawing us into. In Exodus 3, Exodus 3, God appears to Moses in a burning bush and uh, take, you know, take off your sandals, that whole thing. And he tells Moses that he's seen the oppression that Israel has suffered and that he was sending Moses to Pharaoh to lead his people out of Egypt. And in verse 13, Moses says, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now, when, now they may say to me, What is his name? If they do, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. I don't, I don't think you heard me. Thus you shall, say, you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now this word, this phrase, I am who I am, it, God presented himself as the, self, uh, the self-existent one. I mean, it, this is such a big name. It's like, whoa, how do you translate that? So the translators, uh, in trying to translate this name, uh, they translate it as Yahweh or Jehovah. And so you'll notice that there are, no, uh, there are no vowels in the names because they left the vowels out because the name was so holy that the, uh, the, the, the Hebrew scribes consider this name like an unmentionable name. Like you, you don't say this name. We just kind of, you know. And so, um, <clears throat> but Yahweh, the, the name Yahweh can be translated the one who eternally exists. 
But that's not what God wanted it to, to, to just totally stand for. The one who eternally exists makes it sound like he's Pluto. You know, I mean, he's so far out there. The one who eternally exists, it's like, how's that going to... But, but the, the, um, it's better translated. It's more than just God's existence. The, the, the name Yahweh implies a, his personal, intimate presence. So his personal, intimate presence means he's up close. So he's the one that exists eternally, but he's also really up close. Jehovah reveals his readiness to save his people and to act for them. To save us and to act for us. So on the one hand, you've got the, the Yahweh really up close, Jehovah to save and to act for us. So the I am who I am, translated as Yahweh or Jehovah, some of your, it's going to be interchangeable. Yahweh, Jehovah, and we're going to look at another one, Lord here in just a minute, is rendered, I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. Again, the name here is actually an invitation for you and I to interact with this one, this name, this one, who says, I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. Our English Bibles use the word Lord, all caps, Jehovah or Yahweh for the name of God. So when we read, the, when we read Lord in all caps in Scripture, we can insert the same rendering, I am with you, ready to save and to act, just as I have always been. The only caveat here is, this is true, it it is true whether we believe it or not, but the way that it's going to impact our life, our heart, is if we believe it. And based on you or my, our encounter with God, if we had a negative encounter, we're going to be less prone to step into that. If we've had a good encounter, we're going to come in. Look at Exodus 6. Just a couple of pages over, or I don't know, I... Exodus 6, verse 2, says, God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, and I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So God here is showing up, it's a new era, showing up to Moses and he's differentiating how he's going to show up. He said, I, I, I showed up to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I fulfilled a covenant. I made covenant with them. And I made covenant with them based on the name of, uh, I think it's El Shaddai, God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, which implies this close, intimate 
I didn't make myself known to them. So in essence, he said, I'm going to make myself known to you. So again, when we see the, when we see the word Lord, we can insert, I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. So if you could substitute the word Lord or the name Lord with this other, I am with you ready to save and to act just as I have always been. My, but by my name, I am with you ready to act just as I have always been. I did not make myself known to them. Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of the Lord, I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been, is a strong tower. The Lord's name is a, is a tower of strength that righteous people can run to and find safety. Now, we're going to talk about next week or, or a couple of weeks what righteous, what it looks like to be righteous. It's, a, it's another huge part of his name. So we're looking at this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's not just a name. It's a structure. It's a safe haven. So we are going to take a look at David. The, when David and Goliath have their, their face off, we see David run to this name when he faced Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. So 1 Samuel 17, 45. So Goliath has just told David, basically, he saw David coming out to fight him, and he says, what, am I a dog? Like, why would you send me a stick? Like, this is unbelievable. Look, I'm nine feet tall. I don't know how much, you know, only 400 pounds, and you're going to bring this little kid out to, to fight me. This is, this is an insult. And so it says that, in essence, that David's coming to Goliath, pointing to the fact you know, that, that Goliath took this as, I'm a dog. And so Goliath cursed David by his gods. Look at what David says as he answers Goliath's rant in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. So again, you come to me with a spear and a javelin. I come to you in the name of the, I am ready with, I'm, I'm with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. That was David's experience of the Lord. We're going to lock arms. I'm bringing him with me. Look, at, look, look what else he says. This day, the Lord will bring, will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Again, insert, take out Lord, insert, I am with you, ready to save and to act just as I have always been. David ran headlong into the strong tower of the name. He defeated Goliath under the shelter of the name of the Lord. 
the Lord, the personal, the intimate, personal presence. He's not a far away God. He's right here, ready to save and to act. The only thing is, is if we've had an encounter with him where it didn't show up like that, we're going to be less apt or less prone to believe it. And the Lord in his kindness and in his patience is wooing us back, wooing us back to this intimacy. Turn to Psalms 20. Psalm 20, verse 1. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. We read that like this. In times of trouble, may the I am with you ready to save and to act just as I have always been answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Zion. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. May the I am with you ready to save and to act just as I have always been answer all all of your prayers. He's inviting us into an interaction. So when you see the word Lord, exchange it for what I, and pray that. I am praying, I know it's a long name. I am with you, ready to save and to act. Like that's a really long name. Do, make an acronym out of it. I'm just kidding. It's worth the time. Look at this. Some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord, our God. Again, it's the Lord, I am with you, ready to save and to act, just as I have always been. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So when we pray, Jesus said, told his disciples, when you pray, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. We could start out by praying, taking this, word, this name, Lord, and just saying, hallowed be your name, Lord. We set your name apart as holy in a class all by itself. And we thank you that you are with us, ready to save and to act just as you have always been. That is appropriating the name. That is interacting with the name. So this week, as you're reading your Bible and you come across the word Lord, try inserting, I am with you, ready to save and to act, just as I have always been. So I felt like that for today, we could have gone and talked about, but I felt like the Lord wanted to pause here and go, oh, no, no, you want to get this one. Because the other names that we're looking at are compounded. And it just goes, means it opens up. Means it's, means it's really good. So anyway, okay.